And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, uh, co-host also Mike in a moment. Going to be, again, a little bit of a different episode today. Uh, I know we promised you guys at the outro of MMO Weekly where we're going to have a top five episode and concentrate on some canned stuff and uh, do something with a Shirley Jackson movie coming out and this and that. We're going to get to all that at some point in one shape, way, shape, or form or another. Uh, but the the George Floyd and the protests are still the number one story, not only in the entertainment sphere, but in the world right now. And it's just too important for us not to comment on. So uh, we're doing something a little different with this episode and its presentation. And also, Mike, uh, can fill you in uh, as to what we're doing there. Yeah, let's start the same spot we started last time. Our love goes out to all the good people who are hurting. Our, our support right. goes out to all the good people who are fighting. Uh, you guys are making change happen. We salute you. We stand with you. And we Absolutely. thank you. Uh, look, I mean, when reality turns into a nightmare, you know, good people rise up. And that sounds like a movie tagline, Mike. But I think, uh, you know, since this terrible tragedy, we're seeing, seeing the truth of it every hour of every day. And, and this episode... We just wanted to, you know, use our platform to highlight the voices of change, the voices that, that have inspired us. Uh, we are film critics. We're awards pundits. Our show is talk radio for movie fans, and we're movie fans ourselves. But even in our small corner of the world, you know, we are seeing so many profound examples of courage and leadership and activism that, uh, you know, on the one hand, you know, we tr feel truly blessed uh, to share. Yeah, and look, there is the other hand, and that's the other hand is that obviously with something like this, not every story here does have that happy ending, and uh, neither does every movie if we're going to yeah. draw equivalencies to it. But uh, as we do with our year-round coverage of the film industry and the film year, we're not going to avoid the conversations that need to be had, whether it's an ethical conversation or political, which this covers both sides of that coin. And mm -hmm. although this is going to be much more of a presentation, uh, those ethics and those politics do pertain to the film world and we need to address them. And that's what we're going to do today. Yeah. And look, uh, as two white guys, we fully understand that we will never fully understand. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we truly do not know how it feels and what it is to be a person of color in this country. There is a privilege uh, that is inherent uh, to, to our advantages, to our upbringing, and that's given to us, uh, and, and we recognize that as well. But as we stated in our last episode, th there's also an imperative for both of us, for, for, for all of us really, to try and educate ourselves on the issues of inequality and stand up and stand with uh, the good people and, and their collective beliefs, our collective beliefs on what is right. Yeah, and uh, we're trying to do our small part here. We're trying to listen as much as we can. And if you go follow us on social media, we're interacting with a lot of great people that are informing us and educating us on a lot of things that we didn't know about. And all you got to do is, you know, head over to our Twitter account uh, mm -hmm. and go see the the accounts that we're trying to interact with most and trying to highlight most, especially. Uh, but we are trying to do our part in all small world here. And with that. We know that our shows usually include a lot of commentary, and there's going to be that commentary attached to this, but our purpose today with this show is trying to highlight the voices that can say things far more educationally and far more and articulate those things far uh, more articulately, as you can see, is not our <laughs> forte, uh, better than we can uh, and from firsthand experience dealing with these issues. 
my fear with today, Mike, my fear going in was that this was going to sound like George Clooney's infamous Oscar speech where <laughs> look how great Hollywood is. And yeah. look, we have covered Hollywood now for three years. We've color- covered the Oscars for three years. And we know as good as anybody, you know, we've covered both sides of that coin, man. They are they, they are struggling in many ways. And they, they always have been. Even their recent statement wasn't great. But uh, I think... Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people trying to do better and trying to uh, do the right things, but there's also some voices of heroism out there. There's some voices of courage, and you know, it's fun. It was fun to put this thing together. It was fun to do all this extra research uh, that we were doing anyway. But it, it, you know, trying getting it down and boil it down to some of the best quotes and, and some of the best stories. So you know, I think uh, this was really insightful for both of us, and uh, I'm, I am excited to get uh, get this going here. So. Mike, I think as a jumping off point, the Hollywood Reporter put out a great piece. Uh, Part of its headline reads, protest words alone are not going to cut it. This is from Natalie Jarvie and Mia Galupo. This is an overarching piece that summarizes a lot of good stuff. Yeah, and they talk about a lot of different uh, celebrities and a lot of different protests that are going on. And as that piece begins, we're, we're hearing about some stories from the front lines. Uh, we have Kendrick Sampson, who's an actor known from HBO's Insecure and CW's The Flash. Uh, he has a nonprofit organization, BLDPWR. He co-led a rally with the L.A. chapter of Black Lives Matter and then... Not a very long time after that protest was underway, their members, including Samson himself, uh, were hit repeatedly with rubber bullets. And there were other big names in that protest at various points during the day. Night Ariana Grande, Tessa Thompson and Cole Sprouse are a couple that the article name drops. Mike, have you ever gotten hit with a rubber lacrosse ball? Like I've gotten hit yeah. with a rubber lacrosse ball and that hurts like a nightmare and I can't even imagine rubber bullets got to do damage. Well, the rubber bullet thing is it's total bullshit. I mean, it's one of the hot topics going around in the social media right now dealing with all these these trending issues, but it's just a bullet with a rubber co- rubber coating. It's a metal bullet with a rubber coating. And if you fire it at close Ugh. enough range, it's going to penetrate and it's going to cause irreparable harm. And the way uh, I know that some officers at least having experience in first experience both talking to them and living with one uh the way they're supposed to be fired is off the ground and they're Hmm. supposed to ricochet and to cause as least amount of damage as possible and just basically be a deflection and these officers are we've seen it on tape firing them pretty much 10 15 feet away just firing into crowds because you know they're rubber they won't do any damage right i've seen people that have claimed to be hit by rubber bullets and you they put their wounds up on Twitter and up on Instagram and it is it, it looks like they got they were in a boxing match I mean they just get lit up it's, yeah. it's terrible that's terrifying uh going to vacillate to some happier stuff as we go uh Nick Cannon of Drumline and Chirac he was also on the front lines in Minneapolis he wrote a guest column for Variety this week with uh some profound words and here's the quote What we need is a new normal, a new paradigm. I want us to focus on our humanity and dismantling racist systems that we don't need that perpetuate crimes of inequality and oppressed communities of color all over our country. We have to dismantle all those systems that this country was built on. And that's the underlying message, and that kind of gets lost in this flood with the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. You said it best, I think. This is a right and wrong issue. The murder of George Floyd was a racist killing. That is wrong. I think universally, probably not everybody, but I would say a good majority of the country agrees with that. 
It's fascinating how this is such a complex issue. It, it goes back throughout for centuries, never mind the last few decades. And there's so much history on it, as we're going to get into in this episode, or some of it, obviously, you can't get into all of it. But it's built on, it's built on the back of this one act that is so clear, that is binary. Yeah. And is it's a right and wrong issue, like you said. And people are desperate to get off it. I mean, they're desperate to have their attention diverted. And if you force people to stick to, was George Floyd's murder a racist killing? Was it wrong? Right. That's the issue. And that's when you can start making change and addressing the systemic issues that are going on. And I think that was put quite eloquently by Nick Cannon in that article. Uh, I just wish the media would do its job, too, in keeping the narrative on the right and the wrong, even though it may get boring at times. And it's not that they can't cover the other stories, but I we were frustrated, and we mentioned in the last episode, what should always be the headline? Right. What should always be the focus? Exactly. exactly. What, why is this happening? And then we lose sight of it. And, and when you do tragic. go off track, it I mean, it opens the door to politicization. Politicization? Mm-hmm. Politicizing? That, whatever. You know, one party can pick it up and run with it and make it about what it's not about. And that's when yeah, wow. that's where the division comes in. It's that's ridiculous. strategy, too. That's political yeah. Oh, yeah. strategy, oh, yeah. no doubt about it. And, you know, we're not going to get on a tangent on, on, on the administration necessarily, but that's that's deliberate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have John Cusack as well. He, of course, from High Fidelity and Say Anything and one of the people I've had a grudge against in my film watching career. <laughs> but I, I will relent now because he's doing some good out here. He was physically yeah. in a protest in Chicago. Uh, he was filming it as well as participating with his camera. And he was tweeting uh, while filming in between filming and protesting actively. And uh, one of his tweets read, the cops didn't like me filming the burning car. So they came at me with batons hitting my bike. Uh, he goes on to say that he he himself has also been hit with pepper spray. So filming a burning car and then escalation with a threat. And then that's what you see in a lot of these videos. Like I, I, I get people are scared uh, on both sides, but the, the whole, you know, escalation thing doesn't make sense. And it, and it really is what's, what's hurting, what's changing these scenarios from peaceful protests into, into just uh, horrible situations. It takes an incredibly strong person to be a police officer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think part of that job, at least again, what I have been told by friends who have been police and who I know are decent and family members, etc. I think part of that job is you have to realize you're a cop. You leave the personal stuff at home because you're representing something when you're in that uniform. So if you're the type that has thin skin and you're going to take personal affronts and, you know degrading sayings personally yeah you shouldn't be a cop if you're gonna get scared easy i'm sorry you shouldn't be a cop you should realize you got to separate the personal from the professional because your job as a police is actually to protect the right for the person to say those things to you not to get offended at them saying it i know that's a really tough issue to to kind of deal with and that's really some minutiae getting down to it and parsing through the semantics of it but that's the reality of the situation i feel I agree with you, and it's not everybody, obviously. No, it's, no. It, it, you know, it's 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 a portion, but it's it's also a systemic issue. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, at the heart, I mean, it's a disease, really. It's a disease in that occupation. Uh, you know, the the racism that's inherent over there, and the uh, the bully mentality that is inherent. I mean, it, it leads to these outbursts. And, and and it leads to people being at their worst. And I just can't. I cannot understand how you go from A to Z. 
I don't get that. You know, you and I have never really faced that where we could see red to that level. Uh, but it's, we haven't been like, in those situations, but yeah, I still, there's no excuse. It's like fight or flight is this hair trigger response. And if you're that mm-hmm. type of person, you can't be protecting anyone's rights. I mean, you can't even really protect your own rights because you're not thinking rationally if you enter fight or flight. I agree. It's a reactionary thing. Well, we have a uh, good story about National Guard members here. Kiki Palmer of Hustlers and Scream the TV series. Palmer addressed National Guard soldiers at an L.A. protest. And uh, in what has become a viral video, she's heard saying, quote, March beside us. This didn't happen at her protest. But I think that reverberated because in a tennis in Tennessee this week, National Guard members did lay down their shields and join the protest. And this is the kind of understatement here. Like, I hate the interjection of, but there's good cops, too. I despise that interjection. We all know there are good cops. Of course. I have, I have lived with them. I have I am friends with like we know that if you answer, if you interject that into every statement, it just it shortens the argument and it diverts it. The bad guy here is racism and systemic Mm -hmm. oppression. The bad guy is not the police in general. It's the racism that have corrupted certain cops. So the cops, again, in theory, and the protesters should be on the same side. And it is heartwarming and, and it provides hope when you see like what happened with the Flint police officer where he kneels alongside and protests alongside the protesters. We've seen cops all over the country kneeling alongside the protesters, national guardsmen asking the the crowd's permission if they could just stay in the background, the crowd agreeing to it. There is a common cause here. And that's why this politicization painting as one side versus the other is bullshit. I, I hate to say this, but I think it's true. You know, we choose to be a little more optimistic in this episode and we choose to be more optimistic in how we look at things and how we believe that change is coming and and, and some of these stories that we want to highlight. But I, I think uh, I think we risk ignorance when we say that because sure. there has been so much strife as well and so many uh, and so many police officers on the one side. And yes, I, I do believe, you know, I, 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 I do believe that the mass destruction of property, I do believe that that is a wrong, you know, President Barack Obama, you know, basically said as much over the last couple of days as well. But My at the same God, time, the things I would do to have him back in our lives on a daily basis. But at the same time, you know, a, a broken window, it's not it's not a good thing, but that should be the Z story. It's not it should not be the first thing coming out of our president's mouth. And, it, I, and, and when you characterize the whole group. Uh, and, and, there, and there's some people that are infiltrating it. There's a lot of videos out there that we've been retweeting from uh, Ava DuVernay, et cetera, of, of certain protesters stopping other protesters yeah. from causing uh, damage. That it, that's been heartwarming. Uh, and uh, I, I, I mean, obviously, I, th- I think all of us want to see peaceful protests. But at the same time, when we, you know, to characterize it in movie terms, when Mookie throws that trash can through Sal's Pizza's window, are 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 we upset at that? Do yeah. we get, do we do we at least have a glimpse of that understanding? And and I think we do when we watch that film. And I think you know to to just the false equivalencies and, right. and what's important drives me nuts. And that's not to minimize any businesses that are that are really struggling. And and it's wrong if if you took out a, a mom and pop shop during a protest I, I do believe that's wrong whether you're connected to the protest or whether you lost your shit and which is understandable in this circumstance but still not right i, I do think that uh 
I do think that's that's sad and that that needs to be dealt with, obviously. But it's uh, again, it should be the the D F G story. It's not the A story, and it's not the generalization that should be made about any group of people. And that's what's frustrating the hell out of me. All these generalizations flying around about any group. It's just, you can't do that. You can't, I mean, when the president talked about Mexicans as being rapists, and when you do that, it's absurd. Yep. And you look like a, a lunatic. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand how he can do that at the highest level this far into the game. And it's just, it boggles my mind. And again, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to get into a political rant necessarily, but I just, we, we get a lot of that. We get a lot of the generals, generalizing, and it, and it really is wrong. Uh, I think that was very well said on your part. And what I've been focusing and trying to, the message I've been trying to spread. And before I say the message I've been trying to said, uh, spread, Mike and I both understand, and we've said this multiple times, that we fully admit it to be true, and, and we sincerely mean it, if you're listening to this. We know we have work to do ourselves, yeah. uh, and we don't. We are not the end-all and be-all of this conversation. We don't Absolutely pr- not. pretend ourselves to be or pretend to be. We know we have more learning to do and more educating to glean from other people. So if we're wrong about any of this, uh, we feel free to educate us. We want to learn. We want to do what we can be to to be the, the best ally for this cause possible. Um, and part of the reason that we put this out today is to, at risk of being wrong right. to a degree, and again, are we f- fully wrong or whatever, but I, I'm willing to risk not saying 100% of the right things and, and being corrected later if I, if I need to be corrected. And something that, you know, you hear in coaching circles, because I work with kids on a, on a weekly basis. I miss them right now, but... Uh, you know, a lot, when you're taught in coaching classes or teaching classes, there's a saying out there that uh, correction is not criticism. Now, I don't like telling kids this. I think I tried it once, and the kid took it the wrong way. It didn't work because it sound, the word criticism is in there. Mm-hmm. But correction is not criticism. When I teach you how to do something right or when I'm taught how to do something right, it doesn't have to, I don't have to take it as a critique of myself. We can just be introspective, and I think that's healthy. And that's what we're trying to do here. And and hopefully, if uh, if something said not not in our words, I know we're interjecting a lot more of our words than I thought we would. But you know, if if, if Ava Duvernay teaches me something, I would be wrong to just react like like you said in a, with a hair in a hair trigger fashion and just say, "Oh my God!" And maybe that's my first reaction. I'm I'm saying, "Oh my God!" It's I, I can't believe I'm wrong, and I just you know. I snap back and I, I, I get defensive and that that's, that's the wrong way to do it. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say take it both ways too. I mean, whether, even if you do, if there's no possible way you can take it as any other way, but criticism in that circumstance or in that example, right. have it's thick not, skin. it's, it's not too late to change either. Like you can, you could admit that you've had some failings. I think humility is part of being human. And I mm-hmm. think we need to be a little more human and humane uh, to go back to what I was saying about the, what I've been trying to focus on as far as you bringing up the uh, the protests and the property damage and all that. The the what shouldn't be the story like the what's happening to these buildings and blah, blah, blah. Like you said, it shouldn't be the A.B. story. It should be mentioned definitely and brought up right. and highlighted. But the why should be the story. Why is this happening now? Why do these people feel the need to do this right now? 
And even so, I mean, there's been a lot of videos that we've seen online circulated that proves it's not people associated with the protests whatsoever that are causing the most property damage. It's people mm-hmm. that are taking advantage of the opportunity and being opportunistic and being selfish, quite frankly, that have nothing to do with the Black Lives Matter cause or have nothing to do with racial equality. So, it, it, I mean, it's, it's an onion. There's a billion layers to that type of thing. But regardless of any of it, the why it's happening is systemic oppression and racial injustice. And that's the focus that that should be the focus of everything. I totally agree. Mike, we got a story about John Boyega as well. And this was maybe the biggest story that anyone in Hollywood uh, had on social media yesterday on the 3rd of June as we record this on the 4th. John Boyega, obviously the Star Wars trilogy, he's in Attack the Block as well. He joined in the protests in London on Wednesday and he delivered, you know, this speech that had everyone captivated. And the, the first quote, was him saying, quote, black lives have always mattered. We have always succeeded regardless. And now is the time. I ain't waiting. We are a physical representation of our support for George Floyd. And then, of course, Mike, he infamously said something that just was tailor made for social media. Yeah, he said, if I don't have a career after this, fuck that. And in one of the more heartwarming film Twitter interactions of the day, Jordan Peele, one of the hottest directors uh, on the planet of our generation, he replied, quote, we got you, John. That was Avengers. I mean, this is my stupid white guy, you know, <laughs> lens taking over. That was Avengers that was Endgame, cool. Avengers Assemble type of verklempt I got when I read that. I, I literally started welling up. That was so beautiful and such a like an honest, innocent interaction between two A-listers that are fighting for the good. Yeah. Frankly, just fighting for the right cause. And it just wasn't Jordan Peele either. A bunch of people, yeah. you know, spoke out. Mark Hamill, etc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can get back to the Jarvie and Galupo article in the Hollywood Reporter. The entertainment industry is stepping up to the plate financially as well. Viacom CBS CEO Bob Backish he, he declared that he is partnering with civil rights nonprofit Color of Change, as well as the NAACP and Black Lives Matter. Disney pledged five million to social justice organizations, including the NAACP. We have Endeavor and CEO Ari Emanuel. They're donating specifically to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and Color of Change. J.J. Abrams and Katie McGrath of Bad Robot, they pledged $10 million over five years to groups including Equal Justice Initiative and the Black Futures Lab. We had U2 pledging $1 million to the Center for Policing Equity. A24 is going to donate a half a million to Black Lives Matter and National Bailout. Where are they finding that money? Uh, (laughs) We have Netflix, Participant Media, and Gersh all announced employee donation matching programs. That's the good of what happened in the corporate world yesterday. I also found it interesting that people found the time to circulate a list online of corporations who have donated hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to the Trump re-election campaign. Uh, wow. That also found working its way around a lot of film Twitter and Twitter in general, uh, as far as what I saw. So uh, I thought that was very, very uh, just interesting in the reaction to both those stories. And I compiled that list mostly from this article and then a few other spots, but it's, you know, it's not the full list by any means. So if I didn't mention your favorite uh, movie studio, a lot of people are are doing good things right now. Is it enough? Is it bare minimum? Is it the least we all can do at this point? Probably. 
and it's probably long overdue like we always say i'm happy it's mm-hmm. happening but what took so long but uh it is as a takeaway something that is heart heartening uh speaking of takeaways uh from that uh, jarvie and galupo article we got one more they also wrote about how industry reform is back at the top of the conversation so we have Cheryl L. This is from the article. Cheryl L. Bedford, founder of the grassroots social action organization Women of Color Unite, notes that entertainment companies need to address the infrastructure in Hollywood that has kept many people of color from accessing the same opportunities as their white counterparts. Bedford says, quote, if black lives matter, that means our living wage matters, getting hired matters, distribution and funding matters. I mean, preach your she- lips to God's ears. She's dedicating her life to equality in her industry. And so, and so many people have f- been fighting like this for decades. And this movement and, and these circumstances, they're, they're horrible at the, at the root of it, right? What happened was horrible. But if there's any possible silver lining to be had from this tragedy, and there's, there's many, but unfortunately not enough yet, but one of them is something like this. You know, this has been an issue in this particular industry for years. And and it's not just the voices being heard in the Black Lives Matter movement. It's the voices being heard, you know, throughout these grassroots social action organizations at this time. I mean, the fact that it's included in Hollywood Reporter's central article uh, in a a key spot right there at the end, it speaks volumes. This also serves the importance of the awards uh, shows taking place because Frances McDormand a couple years ago right. had such a platform in winning her Best Actress Award for three billboards, and she just kept hammering every time she won an award about gender equality. And I firmly believe her acceptance speeches are why people are more familiar with the term inclusion writer. I know it's why I'm more familiar yeah. with it, quite frankly. I mean, personally. But I, that stage does provide a good for these messages to be heard, even though as some people like to continuously point out that Hollywood is just a bunch of bleeding heart liberals that are all doing this for show. Yeah, we know. But that's coming off the Me Too movement where she was, you know, given more attention to be able to make such, right. a, such a cause be, uh, you know, at, atop everybody's minds and, and, and really hit home. Like if she said that without, without the situation being what it was, right. maybe it doesn't get featured as it, as it did. So, yeah, again, you're absolutely right. you know, we're trying to offer some kernels of hope here where we can. And I think that's one of them. Mike, some of Hollywood's best directors, they spoke out as well. We'll start with Ava DuVernay, who, you know, we've praised time and again. I mean, she's just mentored so many young filmmakers. Of course, she's, you know, focused her entire career on the issue of racial inequality in the justice system with that uh, Oscar documentary 13th on Netflix right now, the Oscar winning uh, uh, Martin Luther King story Selma, 13th was only nominated somehow, Selma actually won an award but Ava hosted an Instagram live discussion of her Emmy winning her Golden Globe winning When They See Us about the Exonerated Five this week on its one year anniversary Yeah, one of the big quotes from Ava uh, during that live that instagram live uh facebook live she said quote it's such a tender time right now nationally with so much going on people and myself are feeling enraged also later on i feel strongly that history and the knowledge of what we're in the midst of gives context to our feelings and allows us to move into a place of action instead of just dread and sadness so again I mean, this is one of the leaders at literally the front line who has been fighting for equality, uh, racial equality, her and gender equality, her entire career and life, uh, trying to find 
the bright line of this, trying to find some good in all this chaos. I love the her quotes, and I love how, how she chooses to lead, because she speaks to everybody, yeah. you know, and she speaks honestly. She's like, you know, I, I'm feeling this way, and here's how we have to channel it. I mean, it's just so it's so wise and it's so effective. She was uh, she was also on the CBS more uh, CBS this morning with Gail King. She was quoted to say, "quote I think the idea that we are helpless is just an idea that I do not accept. I think we can continue to be learning how to combat these things." Later on, she said, "In this social media age, we react to it. We're upset about it for a day. We tweet, we post, and then we kind of move on." And that organizing principle, uh, that deeply ingrained mission to change is, is what uh, I hope we can get to. One of the things that angered me, Mike, um, that I saw on film Twitter just today looking at it, yeah. it was already a lessening of this issue. I mean, it right. was it was this the, the, the cool thing to do, I understand, was to put a black box on your Instagram and and to tweet out Black Lives Matter with the hashtag and. And that's the cool thing to do. But you got there's more to do than this. There's more to do than just tweet out something cool because it's the trend right now and it's the trendy pick. And already uh, on Twitter today, I was noticing there's just less fervor and less of a fever to do this type of thing uh, amongst some of the accounts we follow than there was just yesterday. And that's that's sad and that shouldn't be. It's sad and it shouldn't be, be, but you know, it's going to happen everywhere. It's, it's even going to have to happen on our show. You know, we're going to do our job and we're going to cover a lot of other things, but I think, uh, I think it is unfortunate and it is a reality and it, and it is sad. And I, I just hope that people can jump on this moment and, and really start the wheels of change so that they just can't be stopped. And, you know, we've seen this happen time and again, uh, this because this is not new. This is not new, and the, and then Spike Lee is going to say it in a second. You know, we've seen it where with you know there's peaks and valleys in terms of you know everybody's fervor, and I just I really hope it carries through. You know the the 2020 elections. Yeah. I really hope it carries through. You, you period. Yeah. You can't be a hundred all the time, especially right. if 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 activism isn't what you do professionally, and I understand that, but. You, <laughs> This is a personal problem of mine. I understand this was done for good in mass on Twitter when I was seeing it. But there were so many accounts that were saying with pride, I lost so many followers and I lost so many subscribers. But if you don't agree with what I have to say, then I don't want you as a follower or a subscriber. (sighs) And that's well-intentioned. And I understand the point of that. Yeah. I'm very proud of MMO and I don't, I don't bring this up to gloat. I, I truly don't. It may sound like that, but I, we, I'll get to the point. I'm proud of the fact that we didn't really lose many, but I think I like to think anyway, that's due in part to the fact that we bring up equality issues, racial, racial equality, gender equality, as much as we can, we try to continuously make it a focus and we fail at it. Quite frankly, we need to yeah. do better at it ourselves. But the fact, that you're out there and you could still lose followers if you brought it up, if you brought these issues up enough to where they should be brought up, because they should be an important talking point no matter where you come from in life and no matter how you feel about movies. I mean, it should be something you focus on. If you brought those issues up enough, 
well, they'd be talked about more and they would be more of a focus and they would be kept more in, in the zeitgeist of what's going on on film Twitter and the film spheres and the criticism world. And maybe you wouldn't have to deal with this loss of subscribers and, and followers. And maybe people would know that's how you feel constantly rather than just when some hashtag is trending or when it seems like the in vogue thing to do. It's like the hashtag thoughts and prayers. I mean, what it became in this instance. Yeah. But I'm really glad that our show affords us the opportunity to discuss this issue we've discussed it many times before on our show by the movies we review we discussed uh, gender inequality because of the movies we review we discuss politics and religion on this show because of the movies we review and again i don't want to sound like a george clooney speech here but i don't think you know you and i could necessarily do a sports show even though we know a lot about sports right. because i don't think it taps it could consume us like the movie industry does and like stories do and I, I, I believe that, uh, you know, it, it should always be something that you try and be honest about because, quite frankly, you know, you can't review a movie like Vice or like If Beale Street Can Talk. You can't review those movies about opposite issues or I guess they're interconnected in a way if you connect the politics. But you can't review those movies without being honest about your own politics mm -hmm. and your own stand. And we, we cannot be afraid to, to risk being wrong a little bit and to risk being rebuked at the end of the day. And again, you know, we, we really wrestled with this issue. We even talked today. And I, and again, I think you, you, you said it up top, you know, there's a lot of well-intentioned messages out there, but you know, that the call has to be like Ava DuVernay said, it, it, to go back on her words again, you know, we kind of move on, but yeah. that organizing principle, that deeply ingrained mission to change is what I hope we can get to, she said. And and that's and that is that says it all. I mean, she hopes we can get to it. She hopes we're changing. She hopes it's gonna be on everybody's, you know, the tips of their tongue for longer than it has been in the past, because things have not changed the overall in the past. You have to want to do better and you have to want to be better and it has to be a sincere desire you can't just pay it lip service you have to you have to try you have to keep trying and again i, I mean we we don't do it we're enough. as guilty as everybody yeah, we don't yeah. do it enough we fail at it i mean we try to do it a lot but we think we can do more and we are going to try to continue to do more and like we said it earlier and i'll say it again we want to learn more if you have something you can teach us about this i mean we, we are as well-intentioned as anybody about this and we want to be as well as an ally as we can but we are still just two white guys sitting behind microphones yeah. Uh, we don't have the experience. We can't relate, but we want to hear you out. We want to listen. Uh, and somebody who has been talking and has a lot to teach, as well as Ava DuVernay, is another director, and Spike Lee, uh, as we mentioned in our last episode, uh, she has a new short film out, Three Brothers by Spike Lee. And in an interview with CNN's Don Lemon, Mr. Lee said, quote, the attack on black bodies has been here from the get-go. Protests like the ones happening nationwide are not new. Yeah, Spike would go on to say that we saw this with the riots in the 60s, with the assassination of Dr. King. Every time something jumps off and we don't get our justice, people are reacting the way they feel they have to, to be heard. It's so sad and it's so true. And I think about President Obama uh, when he was online on YouTube just yesterday, yeah. talk, comparing today's protests to what was going on in the 60s. And you hit on this too, Mike, and I, it, 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 I think it's similar thinking, and it does inspire hope that it is different in that it seems to be have progressed more. You have a more wider cross-section of nationalities participating in these protests, striving right. against black oppression, a specific 
black issue. I was so down yesterday, and thank God he had that uh, yeah. that uh, Zoom conference. Thank God, because you know we had done the research for a couple hours, and oh my God, I was down in the dumps, and I was I was I, I was just because I was researching everything, and obviously you get mired in it, and, and you do need a break, and you do need something, someone to say something hopeful, and thank God for that man. Yeah, absolutely, but I, I think there is again, you know. If a bright side to any of this exists, you can find them if you're looking hard enough. And maybe those things are what you strive towards to make a bigger and brighter tomorrow. Uh, Spike Lee also was interviewed in the L.A. Times. He said, quote, one of the biggest criticisms of Do the Right Thing was that I did not provide the answer to racism at the end of the movie. God forbid. And here we are in modern day America, pandemic America, and cities are up in flames. Of course, Spike has the Five Bloods, the Five Bloods, rather, um, that's making its debut on Netflix on June 12th. Look, I, I, you know, I don't think the Five Bloods is going to directly address this issue, uh, per se. But, I, you know, reading all the quotes on it, on the other hand, reading all the quotes on it, Mike, we cannot help but notice some, you know, horrifying parallels to how Spike describes his story about a lot of the, the, the issues that were inherent then, they're still inherent now. Uh, I think that goes to, and this is something we we're going to talk up and talk about and bring up later on. But just mercy being released for free, how that's a story focused yeah. on you know racist cops and systemic oppression towards black people. Uh, that's something that could talk about. I can't help but think what the narrative would be if Black Klansman was the movie coming out this year for Spike instead of The Five Bloods. Uh, right. Maybe that'd be he greeted with even more of an impact than it was last year, and it did have a decent amount of impact. We covered it, uh, Lord knows, or two years ago. I. I Time is a flat circle to me anymore. Yeah, time time is going by so slow this week in particular, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. Uh, Here we have a quote to the BBC, again from Spike Lee. Quote, the black soldier story has been that he's fighting for rights that he doesn't have himself. This is him talking about the five bloods with the notion that your participation and your patriotism will somehow earn you equality back home. What made Vietnam so different was that there's an actual black revolution going on back home and people are dying in that revolution while you're in the jungles fighting another struggle. Yeah, we need this movie, Mike. And again, it may not address uh, the situation directly that we're in now, but there's certainly going to be parallels, and uh, I can't can't wait for it next week. Look, guys, we we tried to include many voices today, and I realize it's only the tip of the iceberg. You know, read Don Cheadle's piece on The Hollywood Reporter. Read Coleman uh, Domingo's guest column on Deadline.com. Please read Coleman Domingo's. Regina King was just interviewed by THR this morning. Uh, hell, you know, you know, get a kick out of uh, Seth Rogen's responses to some trolls on Twitter, too. <laughs> you know, this is a million things out there and a million heroic things that, uh, you know, we'll continue to bring up in, in future episodes. As far as what we did reference in this episode, if you have trouble finding any of the stories or quotes that you, that you have heard us say today, uh, we're going to put all the links to today's episode in our episode threads on social media. So they will be on uh, probably the comments underneath the, uh, the show link. Mm-hmm. So it'll be on Facebook. It'll be on Twitter. It'll be on Instagram uh, where you can follow us. So for our next segment, Mike, we wanted to highlight some of the voices uh, of our friends, uh, some of our friends on film, Twitter, friends of the show. They've been uh, they've been so kind to us since we started. Uh, there are people who are speaking out. We have been retweeting them, like you said, at the beginning mm-hmm. of this episode, and they've been speaking truth to power and telling their stories. 
Yeah, go and listen to everything from Colby Mack of ColbyToldMe.com. He's one of our good buddies. We love collaborating with him. Uh, We've had him on this show. He's also a renaissance man in the podcast world. You could have found his work uh, previously on the Feelin' Films Black Label, as well as he was part of the Minorities Report podcast. He has his own podcast, as he has for a while, uh, still active, called the Colby Told Me Podcast. Go seek him out. Guys, make sure you subscribe and listen to Black Girls Do Stuff 2 at blackgirlsdostuff2.com. They're friends of the show. They often participate in our Six Degrees. They often participate in our Twitter questions, Lizzie and Kyler. They have a YouTube channel as well as a podcast, so please support them. We've been retweeting and mixing it up with them this week. Uh, They've opened our eyes as well. And finally, if you are part of Mike, Mike, and Oscar's listening uh, universe, that means you probably have an affinity for award shows and Academy Awards. And so you've probably heard of Clayton Davis or at least heard us talk about Awards Circuit, which is Clayton Davis's site and uh, podcast. He wrote my take on Black Lives Matter and white privilege for his awardcircuit.com. Uh, it's a heartbreaking but inspiring piece. Everybody, and in particular, every white person uh, needs to read right now. You could also listen to a show, Circuit Breaker, wherever you get your podcasts. So, yeah, check all of those out. Uh, very uh, ASAP, guys. Uh, there's a lot of podcasts out there that have done a good job with this that have really helped me get through a lot on The Ringer uh, with uh, with Larry Wilmore mm-hmm. and their new show with Van Lathan. I, I, I really appreciate uh, all the time and they're spending, they're giving us some big episodes, so that, that's been helping as well. But uh, we, we wanted to highlight some outreach possibilities for you all. IndieWire, SlashFilm, and Variety. They're amongst a host of great websites that direct you to a list of verified ways that you can contribute yeah definitely definitely go check out those links there at those sites there's also the rollingstone.com article uh, that we have pinned to our twitter right now it's also Mm -hmm. the link in our instagram bio and will be through the weekend in both of those places Uh, you can find a full directory of worthy causes the article is entitled here's where you can donate to help protests against police brutality Uh, and like we said that's going to be up on our social medias all throughout the weekend and we can't you know end an episode without recommending some films uh you know and specifically here ones that uh, you know can educate us right now on on race relations on police brutality we've already mentioned a bunch of them in this episode but mike we got a few more here yeah so do go seek out the library and and work of both ava duvernay and spike lee uh those are obvious and necessary and they're two wonderful directors on top of being wonderful people and, and awesome advocates mm-hmm. uh we've also reviewed on this show mudbound and if beale street could talk uh, we've alluded to a billion other great films in the past like Fruitvale Station Uh, and speaking of Michael B. Jordan like I just kind of said in passing a couple segments ago Warner Brothers is offering Just Mercy which is Michael B. Jordan's latest film along with Brie Larson and Jamie Foxx that is going to be free to rent all June long yeah, and I just watched it last night. It is excellent. It's a high B plus for me. I was surprised by how good it was because it got, you know, kind of you know neglected last award right. season. And you, yeah. and you figured, all right, this is really not in the conversation other than the SAG nom for Jamie Foxx. But uh, it's it's a much better movie than I I thought. And I wish it uh, I wish it did better with award season. I know it made money, and I think the fact that Warner Brothers is is coming off of a you know, a, a film like that that made $50 million at the bo- worldwide box office on a $20 million budget. So it, it did well. 
And so hopefully they're not, you know, taking a loss on this. But I do, you know, we do commend them for putting that out there for free. I mean, that is a good gesture. Absolutely. Absolutely. And badly needed. Uh, and good, good gestures are what we need right now uh, to help us all heal and to help us all keep track and, and, and focus on the issue at hand and defeat it. Hopefully uh, we can be the generation that puts a huge dent into systemic oppression and systemic racism. But um, the most important aspect of any of this, as always, is what you have to say about this. And we want to hear from you. Mike and I both want to be uh, listeners uh, to what you can teach us about this movement, about the Black Lives Matter movement and about this moment in history. So you can leave us those comments, questions, concerns, etc. cetera. Uh, we desperately do, and I mean this. I know we say it every episode, but sincerely, we want to hear from you. So do leave us those comments. Uh, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram. At MM and Oscar on Twitter. And remember, if you are looking for places to donate, uh, you can find the Rolling Stones article with the links to a billion places to donate within mm -hmm. on our social medias all weekend long. Mike, Mike and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts and that includes Apple podcasts. So Michael, this entire episode has been chock full of words of wisdom. So at your request, we won't pursue any of those today, but you can give us a preview of what is coming next from MMO. So, I mean, of course, we're not going to stop covering this story of how Hollywood is reacting and responding and supporting the legacy of George Floyd and, and, and so many others. Uh, as his daughter said, Mike, I mean, this broke my freaking heart. My oh God, my God, my daddy has changed the world. And I'll end with that. You know, that quote would be the last of our quotes. And, uh, you know, that that's just not you stopping. couldn't write that if that I mean, if this was if this oh. was a movie that would get thrown out of the writer's room having the six-year-old girl sitting atop the former nba player's shoulders yeah. saying gleefully and authentic and authentically daddy changed the world that was so oh you want to talk about hope and inspiring and sad and, yeah. and joyful and depressing all in once my lord i mean we've tried to handle this episode today the right way i'm sure we got corny at times i'm sure we got a little too preachy at times but like mike said i co-sign everything you said get at us let us know you know how you want us to proceed uh, i think it, it you know we covered the me too movement we've covered other movements in the past like you said many times today we're going to continue to cover this story it's going to show up on mmow's it's going to show up on oscar race checkman because it is having a profound effect on the world never mind the hollywood industry so it is relevant at the same time uh we're going to have an mmow we're going to have an orc next week shirley's you know that review will probably be a top of one of those episodes the five bloods comes out next friday we're going to try and review that one as quickly as we can for you try to be better uh, want yeah. to be better that's uh, we're going to try that and, and do that and pursue that ourselves but that is also the challenge for the rest of film twitter and everyone else out there try to not let this momentum uh go by the wayside and have it be used for good and just focus on this because this is worthy of, of being focused on and guys as always uh, when reality sucks you can come to us have a heart to heart try to teach us and and we are willing to listen and hear you out we are mike mike and oscar trying to make award season year round without the stuffiness be better we will see you all very soon see ya <laughs>